0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Had other metaphysical people on, but uh, George uh, kind of opened our our minds to to the uh, to the multi-dimensional universe, and we in uh, the many many aspects of, of this uh, psychic research, and, and introduced us to the Anunnaki and UFOs and everything else imaginable. But tonight we have uh, a very uh, our guest is Maureen Saint Germain. And she's an author and teacher, and she's the author of her latest book, uh, Waking Up with the Fifth Dimension. Uh, I'm sorry, Waking Up in the Fifth Dimension. And uh, we're going to ask her, basically, we're going to ask her a number of questions, but how do we get to the fifth dimension, okay? What is the fifth dimension?
0: Is it like going upstairs? Maybe it's like going up in an elevator.
1: Well, it's it's a higher consciousness that we develop, and... uh, how to Transdimensional Travel, which is something I've done, and uh, Maria, our, our, our old friend uh, Maria, picks Jiri, uh, you know, has done all of her life. She even went to Venus, you know, the, as an introduction to ascension and universal consciousness, which is something that George and I spoke about and Lila spoke about many, many, many times uh, in discussing the ascension. And the and, and uh, universal consciousness and how do we create the fifth dimension on Earth or must we abandon our physical world through death or meditation? Also, we discuss what the uh, I guess is thirteen dimensions are, and uh, we're going to talk with her in just a few. Father, uh, uh, in just a few minutes, as uh, she's waiting for our phone call, and. Uh, Lila will read a little bit. Uh, what do you think? Do you wanna do you wanna just read the well okay. what the what the what waking up in the fifth dimension is, okay, is discusses all the topics that I just mentioned, but uh, delves deeper into and on the understanding of our multidimensional selves and where the fifth dimension is is when our all is perfect basically in our thinking. Uh, It's a dream world, but uh, we can reach it in in a waking self.
0: How Uh, about this paragraph from Finding Your Fifth Dimension Way? Okay. This is according to our author. Becoming fifth dimensional is different than anything you have done before. In this, your intention is paramount. You cannot move into this realm without an act of will. Of course, once you start to inquire and explore... You then have enough information to use your will to ask for assistance in becoming fifth dimensional. I recommend you ask every day. You have a responsibility to be completely honest with yourself. This is hard. It is often referred to as shadow work. It means you ask your friends to tell you the truth. It means you accept every criticism with a thank you and a firm resolve to get to the bottom of the complaint. It means you love yourself anyway, imperfections at all. It means you're willing to change. It means you don't need to defend. Instead, you decide to learn from your critics and that you're finished with lying with all the shades of gray. Doing this also reinforces your unconditional love commitment to yourself.
1: All right. Uh, it's time to give her a call, so let's do okay. that. Okay.
2: <laughs> this is Maureen. Yes.
1: Yeah, so good. Good evening, Maureen. This is Leo, and um, I'm with my my co-host, uh, Lila. Hello.
2: Hi there. Can you hear? <laughs> yes. Can you hear us all right? I can hear you, Leo. I haven't heard Lila yet. Oh. Yeah, see,
0: yes. Yes. Uh, I'm right here. I was. I was waiting to make sure that uh, you could hear us. Welcome to our show. It's nice to have you this evening.
1: Yeah. And um, thank you. We're looking forward to uh, talking to you about uh, about fifth dimensional existence here. Um, cool. Maybe you could introduce our, our audience to to to. We already gave a short introduction to you. Why don't
0: Why don't you talk a little bit about yourself? I know you've written more than one one book. Yeah. Um, I have, I, have, five, I believe. Yeah, uh, but give us a little bit, and give our audience a little bit of your background and and how you were introduced into this world of the fifth Okay.
2: Okay, so I grew up on a large vegetable farm, and, and as a child, I didn't have many outside experiences. Uh, my mother also was very psychic, and I grew up Catholic. And as a young adult, I knew that I was on a mission. I was always aware as a child that I was being watched, both by beings who were benevolent and by those who had motives that were not so benevolent. Um, In addition, I pursued studies with uh, lots of different esoteric schools and uh, eventually came to teach a body of knowledge known as the Merkaba, and that work I did for over 20, almost 20 years. Uh, and I was invited all over the world because I became very well-known because I was really good at it. And the information that come, came through as I was teaching the Makaba grew and grew and grew. And that's really the basis for most of the information in the Waking Up in 5D. At a certain I think- point, I was given access to a permanent guide and mm-hmm. so that's kind of how it all came together.
1: I, w- I just wanted to ask you. Uh, I, w- we you. understand it, and we've heard the word before. But for those who may not uh, uh, have heard the word Merkaba, uh, Merkaba, uh, what we explain to them what what it is. And, oh, and, sure. Uh, um, yeah.
2: Everyone has uh, shapes around their body, and in traditional geometry. There's a set of five solids that everyone has heard of, the platonic solids. We might not know which ones they are, but we've heard of them. And the most commonly one known is the cube or the square that's in 3D. So we have all these shapes around our body, and the actual meditation of the Merkaba takes five minutes to do, and you take a day or so to learn the actual steps of it. And what it does is activates your fifth dimensional field, so it's kind of like a uniform. You put on your 5D uniform, and then you have access to a lot more information. You have access to a way of being that's more evolved. And so all the people who learned that over the last 20 years and began practicing it actually elevated themselves pretty quickly.
1: I I always believed that Markaba was was actually the vehicle um, you know, the vehicle that you... It is. That you,
2: it's absolutely true. Yes. It's totally a vehicle. It is the light body that you build by yourself for yourself. And in the original uh, construct where it was written about in the Old Testament, um, that Merkabah was the wheel within wheels in Elisha's uh, um, story. Now,
0: uh, just tell me a little bit. You said um, your mother had some sensitivities in this
2: area. Was she a practitioner, too? No. (laughs) No. My father was a very devout Catholic, and so my mother fell in line with that. And my mother grew up Catholic, but she could have gone either way. Um, But she had experiences that could not be explained any other way than to say that she was gifted. Um, For example, when they were still dating, she knew where he was behind enemy lines uh, during the war, Uh, and she had, you know, dreams about people who were going to pass away, and then they did pass away the way she saw it, Um, and she was very intuitive. I will never forget the time I was in high school, and uh, being a farm girl, you know, we didn't do certain things, uh, and I really wanted to twirl a baton and be a majorette, and so I decided one day that I was going to try out I had never had a lesson but I was going to try out I knew the tryouts were like in five months so I kind of worked up my um enthusiasm and my um uh, way I was going to tell her and I came home and my mother was at the ironing board and I looked at her and I said I started to say I've been thinking all day about this and before I could say a word she said you know I've been thinking about this all day and if you still want to you know take major art lessons it would be okay with me
0: um am Yeah. I you know I, you know, I, I think sensitivities from her, huh? Yeah.
2: Well, certainly uh. uh I get the benefit of being in an environmental environment that was not judgmental.
0: Mhm.
2: You know, and supportive. Um when I was a very young girl, maybe 10, I um found the book that my mother had on lives of the saints. And it was a beautiful book, you know, like a giant uh, dictionary. I mean, it was quite heavy and quite, you know, thick, maybe six inches thick. And it had gold leaf all over it. And I kept pulling it out and reading it because I was so fascinated. And one day it wasn't in the bookcase. And I remember asking myself, well, wonder where that book is. And I immediately saw where it was. And she had hid it in a closet on a top shelf. So I went and got a chair and climbed on the chair and went in the closet and got it pulled it out, and then when I was done with it, I put it back where it belonged in the bookcase. She never hid it after that.
0: Hmm. Why That's do you think she hid it?
2: Because it was gold leaf, and she didn't want a kid messing up the pages.
0: Oh, I see. Okay.
2: All right. You know, farm <laughs> people treasure their nice things, you know?
1: You know, I, I have to ask because I I've, I've my studies have led me into different areas, and uh, is but my uh, my understanding uh, of a fourth the fourth dimension is where you where you actually uh, um, create your third dimensional manifestation. Uh, in other words, your your ideas are in fourth dimension. Your 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 plans are fourth dimension until you bring them uh until they uh you make them real and bring them into the you know uh the third dimensional reality uh
2: i think you're right and you know i um i was actually told by my guides that third dimension is a projection
1: of the fourth dimension
2: well they didn't say that they just said it was a projection from other dimensions
1: well so okay. I don't know you
2: could be you could be a hundred percent right I don't know, but I agree with you that for sure we are creating a lot of things in the, in the higher dimensions not just force
1: well i have to i have to explain something where, where that, that was very profound to me is uh when my friend um and domestic uh, um, george Dixon passed away and he and, uh, psychic uh, psychic friend that I had on the show many many times maria Fix-Algeri, she uh opened up a whole new world to me or both of them did actually of transdimensionalism and, and I but what, what it was when my when he passed away when um, George passed away back uh, in uh, 2012 he became very close to me spiritually in, in that he was contacting me quite, quite often as so as my other friend and uh, who was also his friend uh, uh, who was an astrologer. And also very in depth, adept. But um, they were contacting me from the from uh, on, uh, on the fifth dimension, actually. Uh huh. it. Yeah, the fifth dimension. And he, but what? Where they were both aspiring to. And George, I believe, and George did receive it, and and, I, and then later Bill did. But they wanted to ascend to the sixth. They were. They were. It was kind of a promotion sent to the sixth dimension, which was the dimension of the masters, Uh, you know, and um, they, uh, uh, when they got there, they came to me, and they channeled through me, and we did a number of programs with them, Um, channeled through myself and Maria, and spoke, and we, and explaining uh, where they were, and explaining the dimensions uh, that they existed in. But um, again, these were all past, these were all these were two close friends who had passed away, but who were, you know, communicating, uh, channeling to, to us, um, and and that that provoked a, uh, a, a great uh, awakening in me because uh, seeing that description of the sixth dimension and the fifth dimension. And the fourth dimension, as they pass through, uh, were, uh, was, was uh, it kind of is, is not really quite what your depiction of it is, all right? And I was wondering if, um, you know, because the fifth dimension is exactly, they told me it is exactly what you stated, is as, uh, as, as it's a community of people, uh, of, of spirits that are, uh, it's a communal, uh, uh, happy a harmonious place where all they all believe in the Creator. All are are just um, uh, uh, enlightened beings, you know. And there's
0: no polarity. And
1: there's no polarity, no. But everybody uh-huh. is is loved. Every uh, the, the it is love. It is wisdom. It is compassion. It is everything that that's, uh-huh. um, Can you hear me?
2: Oh yes, oh. and I'm agreeing
1: with you. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh okay. I... I Now,
0: did you, have you um, traveled,
2: you have traveled to the fifth fifth dimension? I just want
1: to know that. Yeah. Well, she does. She lives
2: in it. it. Oh. Thank you. I do. And so do a lot of people. A lot of people are slipping into five right now. And that's the thing that's different than what used to be, is that humans are becoming fifth dimensional without dying.
1: That That's what is amazing to me. So
0: because, uh, people don't have to go through uh, dimension three, four, and five. You go directly to five, skipping four. Is that what happens?
2: Well, is it's not you? exactly like you skip four. Um, you know, I think Leo's point about it being a place where you're creating certain things is probably true, and I don't disagree with that. What I know for to be, though, is a zone of high intensity. The vibrations are moving faster, and that we now are using it as a portal and it has this quality of of swiftness so you're either moving up really high really fast or you're moving down into a you know a dark place or a depression so fourth dimension still has polarity and certainly we're creating our emotions and we create from we we use emotions you know to imbue the experiences we have and you know like coloring in a coloring book that's how i experience it and um, fifth dimension, you know, when people fall in love and they have this experience of bliss and happiness, and lots of people have had these deep, deep experiences of happiness, you know, and you know you're there when somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're, you know, you're watching them do it and, and you say to yourself, oh, they must be in a real hurry. Or somebody's obnoxious to you in a store and, and you, you look at them with compassion and you think, maybe their mother died yesterday, you know? Who what, who what do I know? And you don't even take it as a hit. You immediately move into compassion. And that's 5D. There's a sense of concern for your fellow man that is as great as your concern for yourself. And that's the 5D. Yes. Let me ask you this. Can Can one,
0: is it your... You're in 5D all the time, or does a, does a human travel back and forth in feeling that way? I mean, on on Monday you might feel that experience of true bliss and caring for others, but being human on Thursday you may not feel the same way.
2: Yeah, and, and begin- I'd like to give you an example because it it really brings home the message. Um okay when my son, one of my sons was uh a teenager and he did something really, really evolved. And this was the this was the one son who was always in trouble. And I called my mother to tell her her the good news, you know, and he's really acting mature and I'm so pleased. And she said, Well, you know, kids don't grow up in a straight line and I was shocked, I was so naive and I said, What? What does that mean? And she said, Well, you know, They'll do something, you know, pretty evolved or or advanced, and then they'll do something pretty stupid. And you just got to be okay with that. And I remember it thinking, oh, my gosh, and that's exactly how we change. In this version of us becoming fifth dimensional, we are all becoming fifth dimensional and then sliding back down into our patterns, our behaviors, and so on. And what happens is little by little, we begin to maintain that five D energy, and that's what the book is about. How do we wake up in five D on purpose?
0: <laughs>
1: I understood that, and I, I, I was uh, I was impressed with the book, but I I uh, but I still had these questions of uh, uh, to 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 bring them to. Um, is it, well, let me go back a minute. One thing that I that impressed me when you you mentioned I can't remember what chapter it was in or what it. But you did say that um, when you're in the fifth dimension, you're 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 basically in the zone. You're 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 in the present. You're in the moment. And uh, there are two things that really do that for me uh, professionally. And one is with my photography and my artwork. Uh, uh, I even I even wrote an essay on it and explained it as a transdimensional uh, art because I find that it uh, that I can focus on. Nature or photography, or portraits, or whatever, whatever it is that I am working on, but it brings me to such a heightened level of of um, uh, uh, fulfillment. You know, regardless. I mean, when I, I, I put it on my website and publish it, and say, it. It, it's it, it uh, that is a very, very, very real thing, and it's like you mentioned in your in, in your book about your mission. Uh, fulfilling a mission that you have, and um, that in part has been uh, a part of my mission all my life, as well as in creating, as well as writing. And um, uh, you know, we, Lila and I together created 400 television programs, and 1,600 radio programs. So it's like we, you know, and book uh, and whatnot. And it, it's just the the creation is is what is fulfilling and what seems to transcend me into that higher state uh fifth dimensional existence I guess I feel more comfortable there I feel more compassionate there I feel more real there than in the you know than struggling in the third dimension with all the all the diseases and the bitter and you know the different um uh conflicts uh, and problems and negativity in this dimension uh, how do you uh, is that uh, how do you maintain your fifth dimensional poise or your, your position how do you can maintain that uh,
0: living in the
2: fifth dimensional uh, world um, I think but, that's a really good question and, and there's a lot of tools in the book and I recommend that people use the tools um, one very simple one is that when I go to bed at night I say I am waking up in a 5d and I also say no matter what the night holds I am waking up well rested and refreshed so even if it's a short night or you know there's a fire engine or whoever knows whatever it could be I wake up and as soon as I'm sitting you know up in my bed I'm thinking wow I feel pretty good And and then I think that was a short night oh no not a problem I feel great so it's it's partly an intention, but it's an announced intention. It's not just a thought intention. So I don't just think it. I actually say it out loud. I have a whole lineup of, of a prayer that I use at night. And another thing that I highly recommend, and it's so easy, and I often close shows with it, and that is I tell people, if you want to be five, fifth dimensional, you want to have that experience more often, say this prayer, and it's very simple. I I am asking for a day of heaven on earth for me and everyone I come in contact with and everyone I'm in contract with. So that means that if I'm at the bank, even if that girl is a sourpuss to the lady next to me, it it doesn't matter because she's going to be a sweetheart to me because I'm in 5D and I'm holding space for her to be in 5D. And I had a great example. The other day I was at the airport coming uh, through gosh, I think it was uh, it was Newark Airport, and I sat down at a restaurant where they have this like outside bar in the middle of the uh, aisle way, and I was having trouble figuring out how to order my meal on this iPad. So a man came over and helped me, and then uh, he took off, and then another man came and he helped me, and then another woman came and helped me, and then another person came and helped me. So I had all this help, and finally my order is placed, and everything's cool. And I start to speak with the lady next to me. And she said, you know, I sat down and nobody even talked to me. Nobody even said hello. And I said, huh. I said, that wasn't my experience. And she said, I noticed. I saw it all. And so I kind of giggled and I said, you want to know my secret?" And I taught her the same thing. Just to say I am asking for a day of heaven on earth for me and everyone I come in contact with changes everything. And I learned that by accident. I didn't just figure it out, you know, like, oh, what's a great idea. I actually learned it by accident. And the storyline is I was getting off of a plane, and someone who knew me who worked for the airline said, hi, Maureen, how are you doing? And I used to try and help people, with, you know, by using shorthand words. And one of the shorthand words was a, was a vivid description of a, of a bad day. And so I said, oh, I'm, I'm having one of those days from blank and because uh, I have to be back at the airport in a couple hours for my next flight. And she looked at me kind of funny, and I realized what I had said, and I was horrified because I don't talk that way. It was just a teaching tool. So I immediately corrected and said, But I'm having a day of heaven on earth because I'm flying with United. And we both laughed, and I walked away. Well, I came home, and there was an inch of water on my basement floor. The water had found its way over a wall that was cut low in the laundry room, and it was leaking out of a pipe, and we didn't know where the pipe was. And there was no one home. My roommate had heard the water all night and had done nothing. So I turned the water off at the main, called my neighbor who knows about these things. We called the plumber. The plumber came on time. The plumber drilled a hole where I told him to, where I thought it was the the, the um, hole in the pipe was, by asking my higher self. And it cost me $125, which was nearly nothing compared to the damage that was being done. My neighbor, you know, came over and put fans in the door. I'm back on the plane, and There were a couple of other things that happened, and I said to myself, whoa, that was amazing. All that stuff happened, but it was easy and smooth. How did I pull that off? What's going on? And I immediately was shown, well, you asked for a day of heaven on earth. So then I thought, next time I have a day that's chock full like this one, I'm going to ask that again. Well, the second time I asked it, it dawned on me, I can ask that every day, and so can your listeners. That's interesting. So
0: do
2: you think part of it
0: is life is what you attract to it? Your positive yeah. thinking? And the it isn't just positive
2: is. thinking. positive choice and, and being willing to say it out loud. Because we all know, you know, if you think something, that's one level of manifestation. If you say it, it's another level of manifestation. If you write it, that's another layer of manifestation. So the more tools you use, the more you're going to attract what you want.
0: Mm-hmm. So that, I, so I believe, I, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Because I start... I, Re, reaffirmation. reaffirmation. Hmm. I start my day for um, asking for the highest and best power to help me through my day with my work. And she's a... Uh, she's I'm a counselor. Yeah.
1: And um, a school counselor. But
0: um, And I, I find that, that that's a good way for me to start my day because sometimes I do... Cool. Get some unique inspirations that I know can only come from a higher power. Right. Very cool. I and and, cool. and here too,
1: but it's the I, I think it's trying to understand the present, uh, 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 how I say, the, the chaos at this moment in the third dimension. If that is just a projection of some horrible thing from the 13th dimension or, or what. But the the, the, the the tragedies that are happening now, uh, I've never seen so many. It's because uh, we have such
0: communication
1: well, we communications. Well, not just communications, but I can't. I have never seen, uh, uh, witnessed uh, three, uh, four major hurricanes, okay, and uh, coming up and doing the devastation that it's done. Then, and or having seen the um uh, the the so many wars and so many uh 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 conflicts around the world that uh, that just seem to be expanding with no and becoming more and more brutal and more and more uh, senseless um and there's a
0: wildfire too oh and the wild yeah the
1: wildfires everywhere and that uh, it, it just it's just overwhelming to, to, to see this and and it's mind- numbing to, to listen to it or to witness it uh, on television and or and in, 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 in life but you uh, but in itself I've noticed myself because I I've become almost nauseous at, uh, some of these days uh, overwhelmed by by the overwhelming grief these people must feel of uh, having lost everything you know every and out of
0: that comes these wonderful people who
1: but then in but yeah, but the inspiring thing is to see the um so many people around the you know come together to help you know uh, and, and a charity and 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 uh, first responders and you you name it just a, just a, an overwhelming uh uh Emotional response to to these tragedies, and 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 in a way, yeah, in a positive. But in a way, that almost describes what ascension. Oh, it almost describes a fifth dimensional uh, uh, elevation to many, not not billions of people, but around the world. But to many, many, many people around the world. So that, I think that consciousness is is rising in so many ways. Through all of this, all these hardships that that millions and millions of people are, are enduring on, uh, you know, uh, incomprehensible hardships. Uh, you know, to, uh, I can't even imagine it being everything in my life being totally wiped out by fire or a flood. You know, how do you how do you ex- do you do you agree? Do you think you're seeing that now more than ever? You think that's part of our well? I think
2: more? I think your um, observation about people's compassion towards others' um, challenges and difficulties and hardships is totally spot on. But I also will tell you that I am a weather worker, and there are weather workers. And at one time in my training with my guides, I said to them, who am I to be messing with the weather? And I was laughed at, and they said, you are doing our bidding There are all kinds of organizations that are manipulating the weather. And if you don't believe us, go online and look up China and weather manipulation. This was like 12 years ago that I was told this. And I looked it up and I was blown away because there was all kinds of technology already being used in China. And it's now a known fact, for example, that China manipulated the weather during the Olympics so that they could have ideal weather. Now, as far yeah. as these big storms go, I am not convinced that this was all Mother Nature, and I am convinced that there are certain powers that are trying to take humanity down, to keep us from elevating our consciousness. But they're not succeeding because people are pouring o- open their hearts anyway. So they're not; it's not working.
1: You, we were introduced to to this uh, in I believe it was about 2001, 2002. Uh, To chemtrailing, and Uh uh, yeah, uh, because they heavily did it in this area, but it wasn't understood. And we tried on our on our programs, we had experts and everybody coming forward talking about. People got angry. People got furious and called us all conspiracy theories and you know and nuts. But you know we persisted, and to this day. These people will not open their eyes to, to, to the nightmare they see in the skies every day. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, weathermen will not talk about it. They're not allowed to talk about it. It's
2: exactly. Program, you know? Exactly. But think like, of the service you are doing by bringing it to the table. And even though people have gotten mad, they've gotten mad because they're afraid you're right. And oh, it's, yeah, it's well, more state. Well, it explains it,
1: yeah. And, and they can't see that that they're trying to that they're committing genocide. They can't see that they're trying to destroy um, uh, these things. And when we bring it out, and we bring it out, and we bring it out. Uh, you know, uh, eventually, many do see it. But still, there's yeah. so much. Well, many. and
2: and it's interesting as, as, as that's you know that that particular point of discussion is is on the table right now because some of what was being put into those chemtrails would be the equivalent of dumbing down society. And so of course people would say, no way, that's not real, that's not true. But at the same time, when you do the activated macaba, for example, you cannot be lied to. And when you're doing when you have an active higher self connection, which I teach in the Waking Up in Five D, you cannot be lied to. That means when you hear a piece of news and you hear, you know, the facts as xyz and you know something goes off in your mind or your consciousness that tells you i don't think so that's not what really happened something happened but not that you know you are now in a place to start looking well what did happen you know to find and explore so the opportunity to become aware is becoming more available because the more people who hold this awareness and this possibility that there's more going on in the reality than what we are told by mainstream media, that holds space for others to jump to that level too, because it's like a teeter-totty. We're going to hit critical mass and everything is going to flip.
1: Well, I I have to tell you, because I, I, I've been so frustrated over the years with, with people that I thought had uh, normal or above normal intelligence, you know, uh, uh denying these things even when all of these things are presented to them and they can see them physically. Or, like for instance, I think probably one of the greatest greatest uh crimes is in, in the aerosol, uh, you know, the the chemtrailing is that they're putting in uh aluminum uh aluminum uh particles and uh aluminum oxide and uh and barium uh and barium salt barium a radioactive uh, ingredient, and putting this into the plants and throwing these huge plumes that are coming out. And what is the biggest problem we're facing today? One of the biggest diseases is Alzheimer's, okay? Exactly. Uh, Dementia.
2: I'm with you so much on that.
1: Other diseases that are uh, related to aluminum uh, ingestion and things like that. That's
2: right. And yet, yeah.
1: And yet, our know, doctors seem like they're completely oblivious to it, you know well, um, you know, well, they, you know like, it's
2: interesting because you're see, we're also seeing lots of doctors who you know went through traditional medicine, but then decided they're not going to partake, and they set up their own kind of practices or they set up you know certain kinds right. of nutritional counseling or pain centers or whatever they can, so they do not have to be part of the mainstream. That's correct.
1: And, and they've suffered They've suffered a lot because of it, because yeah, of their um, yeah. going yeah. against the
2: AMA. And so, the, part of what this book is about is to give people permission to be their fifth dimensional self, to claim it for themselves, and to see what happens. You know, when you start asking for a day of heaven on earth for yourself and everyone you come in contact with, and you do it every day for a couple of days, and then one day you forget... And you have a day that's really funky. You're going to come home and you're going to say, how come this day was so wacky? You know, the last couple of days were just blissful. How come? And the minute you ask that question, you're going to get the thought, well, you you didn't do that prayer last night. You didn't do that prayer this morning, whatever. And this is not a threat or, you know, to intimidate people to make them say that. It's an opportunity to step into that place of power. Because right now, we are straddling all three dimensions, third, fourth, and fifth. And we are vacillating. And so, because we haven't permanently anchored ourselves in maturity, just like teenagers don't permanently anchor anchor themselves in maturity, they can't be that way all the time, and neither can we. But little by little, we become it, because we live it and act it, and we consciously, proactively choose it. So, the opportunity to understand ourselves, and then to be proactive, is where we're going to make the difference. And we are going to hit critical mass, as I said before, all we need to do is to keep reminding ourselves that we are the people we're waiting for.
1: I wanted to ask you, it's in your book. We're our
0: own savior. Yeah, Uh I
1: wanted to ask you about this, um, McKay's cage, or it's uh, a... Oh, the
2: Faraday cage. Yes. Faraday cage. Yes, well, I had a very interesting experience. And... um, This is a classic example where I'm uh, experiencing both the third dimension and the fourth dimension at the same time. I didn't realize it at the time, but upon reflection, I figured it out. So I was working late one night and I uh, came to bed late and I had been on my uh, computer and my office was directly below our bedroom. So as I'm climbing in bed, I can feel this energy that has followed me up the stairs and it goes into my ear just like a hot paper clip that's been opened, like somebody was sticking that in my ear. And I could physically feel it. And, I, you know, I, I wanted to say, ow! And I asked, what is that? What's going on? And I was shown that it was the router, the Internet router, and the EMF energy that was following me because it was connected to me as I was working on online. So I got out of bed, I went downstairs and disconnected the router. The next day, my husband put it on a timer so it would always shut off at night. We wouldn't have that energy, you know, where we were sleeping. And then when we moved to a new house, we didn't have the ability to do that. The way the Internet came in, we couldn't just turn it off at night. So I thought about it and decided, fine, then I'm going to make an energetic version. Now, a Faraday cage is a scientific term used to describe a space that you create, could be like a a jail cell size, where you uh, have certain metals that are in place that prevent EMF, electricity, and any other unseen energies come in it. And so, you know, people have houses that are like a Faraday cage, and they can't get good cell coverage, but they go outside and everything's fine. So there are natural uh, occurring ones, and there's stories, for example, of the U.S. Embassy in uh, Russia that they had to put that same kind of energy on it. So why not just announce it? I'm calling in an energetic Faraday cage to eliminate any EMF or any other energies that are inappropriate for human life. And I started out teaching this to my students who are in the year-long program with me called the Ascension Institute. And they reported that even when they announced it out loud, that their husbands were getting better sleep and that they were delighted with the results. And, you know, the husband's not going to just be on board because he didn't say it, and he's not in the program. It's just the wife that's in the program. And they're still reporting amazing experiences. And that's what I knew I should put in the book.
1: Now, there was something new you mentioned, um, Method of doing it without putting all this stuff up, you said um, that you... You cross your hands over your chest. Or you, you oh, yes. you And then you... Yes, um,
2: and that's open. just a way for... People like to have a formula. So I gave them a formula of how I originally started doing it. And I, I cross my hands over my chest, and then I open them up. So I'm bringing my own energy out. It's kind of like... If you were a fan, you know like a paper fan, like the the old-fashioned uh Asian fan that was closed, and as you spread your hands open, it would be like wings or like a, a bird opening its wings like that, and that that would create a space that would be now filled because you as you open your arms, you have traced out a space,
1: yeah, so when you open your, you're in bed and you open your arms up and and push out energy, I guess and does that and that create that that eliminates or
2: Yes, but I also announce it out loud. I'm creating an energetic Faraday cage like that. <coughs> so
1: that, yeah. that's an interesting fact, but um the other the other one of the other things I wanted to ask you was um as you uh One of the one of the problems that I find myself running into all the time is that even though I may be in a good state of mind, all right, um, uh-huh. others, you know, and you run into that where you get some belligerent person or some, um, you know, somebody doing something to you, to, you know. That, that does something that sets you off, either robs you or right
2: right, pushes you, your buttons, push. sure So,
1: you know how do you react to that um you know from a uh from from a, a fifth dimensional um <laughs> without you know, level, a level uh, you know rather than come down and clobbering them over the head you know, or them <laughs> back, you know I hear you I can... Emotionally involved with with these kind of things, and yeah. uh, and 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 become obsessed, with it, especially when somebody really does something to you, where they really rob from you, or they, you know, threaten you, or you know that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Which uh, so well, I would I, I, I I, be very difficult time okay. breaking myself away from that, and turning my cheeks. Yeah. You know? How do you do that? Well, there's
2: a couple of things that I will recommend. Um, number one, a lot of people that you you that fit that description are narcissists and they were wounded when they were two or eighteen months old, and they have come to the conclusion that they win or they die so the The minute I sense that that 's the energy of that person, and you can tell because they they react very negatively the minute you confront them and say, "Well,, you know when you did such and such, this happened you know, and they're immediately like all over you and in your face that's when you know you're well who you're dealing with, and you simply allow them to be right without necessarily backing down, so you know like if you're work if that's somebody you work with in your office, for example. You would, and you're presenting, uh, you know, a spreadsheet or something, and you know that there's a mistake that they made. You simply say, you know, I, I'm sure you saw this, that you know these two numbers don't add up exactly the way they should, and you probably just didn't have a chance to fix it. But I'm thinking that we need to look into that, and I wonder what you think. So you immediately make them right, you cover for them, and you get out of the way because those people win or they die. So you don't want to get into a battle with someone like that because you will not win. So there's no reason to create drama when you have the proactive ability to recognize that behavior and step aside. You know, like the child swinging a, a, a knife and you're holding your hand over their head. Now, there are other times, though, that you, you can actually proactively avoid having any kind of reaction to you because you're asking for a day of hev- heaven on earth, for me and everyone I'm in contact with and everyone I'm in contract with. So if it's somebody that I need to work with that maybe is like that, you know, once you learn it once, then you're you're working overtime to compensate till they finally figure out that you are trustworthy because their only fear is that if you are over them, they're gonna die because they made that decision at such a deep level, they don't know how to fix it. There are people who have done serious work, and I've had people in some of my programs that have had this way of being, you know, I'll call it the narcissist behavior, that they have compensated for it and and finally healed it. But another way you can recognize this behavior is someone who has the gift of sight or inner hearing, and yet they don't have a devotion to the divine. And that person is what I call a survival psychic, Because, again, they activated these higher tools that are available to the human, but they didn't keep their heart open. They sealed off their heart to protect themselves from being wounded again. So, again, once we understand that this is a childhood wound, why wouldn't we be compassionate? We don't have to have a power struggle over them. We are so much better off than they are because we know what love is and we know that we're safe. Those people don't know they're safe.
1: Well, when those people get into a position of power, like, for instance, uh, Donald Trump, the, the ultimate narcissist, right? he can can, can 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 throw the world into a nuclear war over his petty... No, so
2: he will never, he will never be able to, or nor will he go there. It's all rhetoric, and it's posturing, and it's fanfare, and I... Can tell you right now that as early as probably 10 years ago, I was told there will never be another nuclear war. And so, even though there's this posturing and this threat and this BS, it has no weight. And there's plenty of stories out there if you start, if a person starts to look, and they will discover that every time our country has attempted to even do a test on nuclear warheads, they get disarmed. And no one's talking about it because certainly we don't want the world to know, oh we're you know, we we've already been disarmed, but it doesn't matter. Those are things that don't matter. But the thing that wait a minute, the thing that Donald Trump brings to the table is he owes no one. He has his own bodyguards and his own people, and he is not beholden to either side, so he is a bigger threat to the powers that were than anybody, and he's not perfect, I'm not saying he's a saint, but I will tell you that it takes someone with that kind of strength to stand up to those powers that are attempting to steal our freedoms, so... I'm withholding judgment on this man. And I will say one other thing, and I make this as an imperative to everyone who's listening. When your teenager misbehaves, you pray for him. When your aunt is sick or messed up, you pray for them. When your best friend has a health issue, you pray for them. Why are we not praying for the president? So one of the things I did is I wrote a meditation that's like 10 minutes long to ask for all of our leaders to be connected to their divine self, to help them make better decisions, to be surrounded by their angels, so that it's easy for them to behave better than they would without that help.
1: Do you believe in the Do you believe in the revelation?
2: Like the biblical revelation?
1: The biblical revelation and the time of tribulation.
2: I do. do you believe in- I just don't interpret it the way everyone else does. What? Well,
1: how do you interpret that? How do you interpret the tribulation period? Because if there ever was a time in history, uh, this would very well be, uh, be, be a, Could be. Very well could be. But what, how I, do you... I think, interpret- I
2: think that that's true, but I think it's incumbent upon each of us to take as much responsibility as we can, and to be as proactive as we can, because we can. You know, I can't go march in Washington, D.C., because I don't like something. That's not for me. That's not my mission. That's not my job. But I can pray for the marchers. I can pray for the president and everyone in between, and that's what I do. Oh, And you, I think you know, everyone has to find their I, role. I don't
1: walking down there. Well, last time Lila and I went to film a documentary in Washington D.C. back in t- the last time we did that was in 2005, and uh, we uh, the entire 300,000 people got sprayed with a bioweapon down there, proved by the Washington, Post and, Washington and Post, ABC, Post and ABC News, and you know, not and 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 uh, because uh, it was an anti-Bush war, you know, those 300,000 of us down there. And uh, uh-huh. and uh, when you know when we saw the kind of evil that existed within our own government, the kind of uh, the kind of uh, 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 hatred for for their own people, then we realized that, uh, that you know that that's, 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 that's a deep 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 rooted uh, 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 problem. With this country, and we've been fighting it since, but not in demonstrations because we don't want to get killed. And uh, right. you know, half of the people right. that came back with us on that bus were very, very sick, and uh, yeah. had all the symptoms of tularemia, which is a bioweapon. And And wow. uh, but we, we see it, we fight it every day in every in every way, but we don't we don't pray for them. If anything, we pray for their demise, we pray for the end of it and the beginning of, of, of a new world. And I, and I honestly believe that these people cannot be prayed for. They have to be, you know, eliminated in some way, arrested, you know, well, put away. Uh, you know,
2: no, this is both. probably where we differ a little because I truly believe that there is more than one version of the reality and that we are creating an alternate version of the earth one version is going to crash and burn, and all those people that cannot be saved, if you will, will choose that one, and the rest of us will choose the one that's going to continue to evolve. So well, I'm not that, that, too worried that, about that.
1: that.: That's the Hopi prophecy. That basically, that um, Hopi prophecy stated that there would be a, the, blue, the blue planet would come, and then it would be red. and those that, those that want to, those that ascend those that escape, those that, um, you know, the higher uh, higher uh, enlightenment leave the planet, will leave that planet and the re- remainder will stay on the red planet, which is this one. And uh, But uh, so many prophecies seem to be coming through now uh, uh-huh. more than ever. And you mentioned the Mayan calendar. You mentioned, uh, you know, the beginning of the ascension. Uh, uh, period. Yeah, the Hopi prophecies
0: where talked about the spiders and
1: the. Oh, they no, they they was talking about chemtrails. They were yeah. talking about everything. Yeah, they 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 saw everything. Yeah, uh, you know,
2: I I don't know the Ho- Hopi prophecy. I'm very intrigued by your sharing that. I was not yeah, familiar you, with. Yeah, can,
1: the whole yeah, you can find it on. Uh, just go to google put in the hopi, hopi prophecy you know, the old, yeah, old, old page and the web and the entire prophecy is oh, there
2: or, or, or i'll uh, go to duckduckgo since i don't want google tracking my every move Yeah,
1: but you know whatever that whatever you go to uh, you just go just put in the hopi prophecy and uh-huh.
2: um, i'll look it up well you know Mark. certainly um, that that feels good to me because um, a lot you know a lot of times when you're, you know, a conscious connection to the divine and you get information, you're like out in the wilderness somewhere thinking that you're the only one saying it. And then later when you discover someone else said something similar, it's it's kind of a relief because then you don't feel like you're being a total whack job, you know? <laughs>
1: well, we're we're kind of beyond that stage now. I'm sure you are, too. <laughs>
2: That's well said.
0: I, I, I
1: think, well said. I think I we think have good
0: things to say Many different ways in many different languages. It's just like yeah. religion. God has tried yeah. to come to us through all of our differences in many different ways.
1: And He works through yeah. many people.
0: But what I wanted to
1: ask you before before we end tonight is, you you stated that you were connected or even one of the nine uh, council of nine uh, prior to you know when we talked last. And I wanted to ask you what was the what's their prediction or what's their plan and your plan for, for this world and for the universe, basically.
2: I, I have not asked that question from them. So I don't know what the precise answer would be. What I can tell you is the direction that I have been given is to help humanity evolve in whatever ways are possible. Um, And I work with them. I also take instruction from the Pleiades. I know we talked about that. And I thought later after you and I talked, um, when we had that big eclipse and everyone was, you know, doing special ceremonies and things, I was in China and a Pleiadian light ship came over our hotel and we were in a uh, we're in an opposite time zone so at 11 o'clock in the morning for people on the east coast was actually 11 o'clock at night for my students that i was working with in china and i was given a very clear message that we were to build a very specific kind of energy grid around the eclipse so as a portal nothing else could come through but energy that was related to the light or the you know, the divine source, because sometimes those things happen. And I thought later, oh, yeah, I do have, I do get, you know, information from other places besides the Council of Nine. So the Council of Nine's purpose is to uh, support the ascension of humanity, not only here, but on all worlds, on all dimensions. So, you know, we speak in terms of what we know and what we experience, And a lot of times, as we grow our own experiences, we can increase our capacity to understand. And you know, a simple metaphor is: you know, when you're a child, you think McDonald's is is the best place to go for a, a great meal. But as an adult, you know, you're going to pick fine dining, or you're going to pick a great vegetarian restaurant if that's your thing. So you're not even going to consider a place like McDonald's. So part of what happens to each of us as we become more connected. To our own divine wisdom and to the divine wisdom of, of the divine, our choices, our desires, our motivations, are finer, are become more finely tuned.
1: You mentioned and that, and that's um,
2: really what that message is from the Council of Night. to be, for each of us. You, you, you mentioned
1: bit. that uh, there were more than one planet with with human beings on it. Um, yeah. yeah. You've been channeled that? Have you seen that in some vision? Have you been told that, or how many um, humanoid uh, people are there? I know the Pleiadians are some are humanoid to, to that extent.
2: I don't know the answer because I've never asked that question, and and that's because I don't ask those kinds of questions. It's it's very oh. interesting to me. I'm not interested in that kind of data. I'm interested in what I can do to help people choose better. What can I do as a tool to help people know what to do? That's, that's where I'm at. So I think those are very good questions to ask. I've just never asked them.
1: <clears throat> well, if, would, you, if, would, you do, would you do me and the world maybe a favor and the next time you talk to them, uh, ask them what their plan is? And ask them what uh, what they see and how to prevent um, how they plan to prevent uh, nuclear holocausts well, maybe they're
0: any, any more uh horrible, horrible, horrible things. Well here's probable to, to the human idea is to get human beings to do that for themselves. And that's well, that's okay. well said, Lila. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can do anything for you, you have to do it for yourself really. That's what yeah. I believe. But you know yeah, what I I, I, I believe, believe that, that too. Yeah, and I, I wondered when your book is going to be available. No, it is now. Because it
2: said yeah. not. It, it, came, it came out on the 12th. There was a lot of PR about it ahead of time, so maybe you saw something that was out like a week or two before it came out. It is available at Barnes & Noble and all bookstores. It's available online at Amazon. It's available in Kindle format. Um, all oh. my books are available on Amazon and Kindle. Um, my Be a Genie, The Manifestation and Sacred Geometry book, there's a book on uh, entities and energies that people can benefit from reading called we- Reweaving the Fabric of Your Reality. And um, I have uh, uh, another book on the Akashic Records. It's only in Chinese so far. That's another funny story, but I have a big, big following in Asia. And so a lot of my stuff is available uh, there. You do. You there. do. Yes.
1: Believe it, believe it or not, we have a, we have a, a good audience in China as well uh, for this show. Fabulous. And oddly enough, yeah, I was so amazed when I saw the demographics, and also for my own website. So we we. Well, have a, I will we have be a... back
2: in China. In in that case, I'll tell you, I'll be back in China, in uh, January of 2018, and I'll be teaching probably in Shanghai, and I'll also be teaching in Hong Kong. Um, I'm also going to be at the Conscious Life Expo in February, and I'm going to be at the uh, in 5D events in Las Vegas uh, uh, October 20 to 21 of this year. Oh. So I'll be doing well, lots of presentations.
1: Cool. That'll, be a, that'll be a fascinating time in Las Vegas after this um, massacre. There'll be a lot of people uh, wanting to, uh, striving to find their fifth dimensional selves. Uh, yeah. At that but uh, Maureen, it's been such a pleasure talking to you I, i'm so uh, i'm
0: so glad you were on you you were on with us i hope your book does very very well and i want to say to the listeners that your book is very readable and very understandable hmm. and sometimes when people write about these things they it's make a little it little seem, far off. yeah a little they little make it ago. they yeah. make it seem so complicated but you made it uh very readable in a way that people could, I felt I could take it in and understand it easily. And that that's why it made me feel, I was really glad to read it and felt that maybe I could try some of the things that you have suggested in your book. Right. No, I, uh, Thank you, Lila. I, I, I really I,
2: appreciate it. it. And that's really one of my missions is to make it available I think to have,
0: like, uh,
2: everyone. you yeah. achieving
1: that wish you all the success in the world. I
0: would certainly like to maybe touch base with you after your trips to China. Very cool.
1: Whenever you us you you you. Know, to talk to you again uh, in the near future.
0: So, um, Excellent. good luck.
2: Thank you so much. Have a real pleasure to, to meet you both and to have the joy of working with you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Thanks a lot. And have many
0: more beautiful days. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you. Good
1: night. Good and, day. Uh, good night. And we hope
0: all of we certainly hope all of our listeners have many beautiful days too. And that's a, a wonderful thing to speak about that you're going to have a day. Right.
1: So we'll uh, we'll end our story here and thank Maureen for being with us. And please look up her work. You can find her her, her seminars on uh, YouTube uh, and uh, other other programs that she's done. And all of her books are are on Amazon, and we highly, highly... And don't um, ignore uh,
0: the keys that she's given you tonight. You might unlock a key to a much happier life for yourself (laughs) and for others. I'm getting a little hoarse, so... So,
1: good night, Maureen.
0: Thank you for being here. Good night. Bless you both. (laughs) Good night.
1: And, uh, again, that was Maureen, um, uh, St. Germain, and uh, mystic, and writer, very very interesting one, and we hope you check her out. Check out her book. Uh, her book is uh, uh, "Waking Up in the Fifth Dimension." That's her latest book, and the one we were reading from and quoting about. And we hope you uh, will. I hope you will enjoy. Uh, that. And uh, check her. Up. Oh, I meant to ask her. I forgot to ask her about the Akashic records. Um, well, that- look it up. If you if you look up Maureen Saint Germain uh, on Google, uh, you'll come to her website. It's called the Akashic Records uh, readings, and she actually—I wanted to discuss that with her tonight, but I—I I, I forgot. I, we didn't really have the time. Um, but uh, the Akashic Records, she reads the Akashic Records for you, and she does counseling in that area. So um, where everything in the, everything ever said and ever done in the world, okay, by. Uh, Is in the Akashic Records and um, the Great Great Universal Archive. Uh, so um, that's it. So I want to thank you uh, for joining us. We hope you enjoyed that, and please join us next week when we uh, continue our our journey uh, into uh, the fifth dimension. Yeah, we're all, we're all going to be striving to to, to, to reach that fifth dimensional level and, uh, of happiness and fulfillment. So, good night, everybody. Yeah.
0: No, I actually I
1: didn't uh, notice it. But,
0: uh,
1: what? I didn't get to that part. But I'll read it to I'll read it again. Trump is still blasting the media. I don't even see how she could be a Trump. How she could be what? A Trump supporter?
0: Yeah,
1: that doesn't somehow mesh. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Exactly. Essentially, since she said, you know, she described him perfectly as a narcissist, you know. That's how wars are started.